Well, welcome to the Warrior Razor Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Johnson, and I am so excited to have my good friend, who also happens to be my pastor's wife, Jess Hammond, on the show with me today. Jess is just such an amazing wealth of wisdom and depth of biblical knowledge, and she just has a lot of real-life experience when it comes to mothering and mothering well. So I don't want to go into too much depth on this introduction, so I just want to get right to the heart of the interview. So sit back, relax, and I pray that you enjoy the show today. Welcome to the Warrior Razor podcast. I am here with my wonderful friend and sister in Christ, Jess Hammond. So welcome to the show, Jess. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. So Jess and I go back uh, about seven years from the first time we met uh, when they were church planters here in the Columbus, Ohio area. She is wife to the lead pastor of our church, Adventure Church, and she is a mama to two amazing children. And she herself has been involved in ministry alongside her husband, Kyle, for the, their entire time together, right? Yeah. And your official title now is Pastoral Care Director, but I know you wear a lot of hats. So will you give the listeners, the viewers, just kind of a big overview, high-level view, your elevator speech of who you are, and just some fun facts about you? Yeah. Um, Oh, my name's Jess, and as Angela said, I do have two kiddos. Um, been in full-time ministry with my husband, um, but it hasn't been until the last uh, two years that I came on staff officially. So we have been um, a few different places. I met him. He came to my church right out of college, so we met at my church. And at the time, I was leading our young adults ministry with some other friends, and um, he was the youth pastor. So we met. We were friends for a couple of years before we started dating. Um, but you wasn't your youth pastor, right? Yes. So I always clarify, I was not in the youth group. I had <laughs> many siblings that were, but <laughs> I was not. <laughs> Are you, where do you rank in the sibling uh, hierarchy within your own family? Um, so there's six kids in my family. And um, I'm second, and I'm the oldest girl. So there's four girls, two boys. I am. I have an older brother, um, and then it's me, three sisters, and a younger brother. So I feel so bad for my brothers that they really got the brunt of it, being on both ends. They weren't even close in the lineup. So yeah, they you know, kind of bookended each other, huh? Yeah, they're good friends now, which is great. But yeah. So, I think it's funny when you have, when, even if you have more than one child, you get the comments, but I can only imagine the comments that your, your mom got taking you guys here, there and everywhere. But you guys have always kind of, you, you didn't grow up in church, but you, you came to know the Lord pretty early on, right? Yeah. So Kyle didn't grow up in church. He came to know the Lord around 14. Um, and then my mom got saved when I was three. So we, we did grow up in church, um, ever since I was three and we were, um, in a couple different churches, non-denom, um, ended up in assemblies of God church when I was around 11. Um, and so, uh, I, I feel like I've always had a heart for 
ministry and for the church, I don't think I ever specifically felt like I, I've been called to ministry. It just was always my whole life. Um, my parents were really good about um, keeping us plugged into the local church, doing area ministry and outreach. And it just always had my heart. That's what I would do for fun. <laughs> and uh, um, I just always enjoyed it. But I never thought I would go into full-time ministry. My friend, um, Stephanie still laughs at me to this day because I told her specifically I didn't want to marry a pastor because I never wanted to leave Wisconsin, which is where I grew up. And so I do find that funny, but that's how God has always worked with me. Like, I feel like I've never had a specific uh, destination or knowing where I'm supposed to go. He's just always directed my next step. And uh, somehow I married a pastor and we've been in Missouri and Oklahoma and now in Ohio, but, and I, I wouldn't change it for anything. So, and I think meeting you, I think people sometimes have ideas of pastors, wives, and you just, I'm going to brag on you a little bit here. You embody just, just the true, the true heart of someone who cares for others. You, you wear it and you, reach out and you do it's not it's not a task I don't think to you it's not a chore I think it's really just woven into your DNA and that's one of the things even when we weren't going to church together you and I maintained a friendship we were uh we, we took bar class together and we I would always try to save Jess and Matt and we would sometimes get shushed during class because we were chatting too much but and <laughs> like a half-hearted exercise, but I was just enjoying the, the company sometimes more than the exercise. But so we maintained a friendship and then um, the Lord has just been awesome in bringing us back together yeah. because my husband and Derek and I and the kids, we visited when you guys were brand new as a church plant and we're able to kind of watch that journey through social media. And then the Lord has brought us back to Adventure Church in this season that we are, we are in now. And I'm just so excited to be coming alongside of you and underneath, underneath you in your ministry. And it's just really, you really are just a treasure to the kingdom. So thank you for just being here to share your words of wisdom. And just, I know that you have an awesome story. You have already just breathed a lot of life into my own family and given hope and courage into my, my own family in this season that we are in. And I know that there's a mama, there's a, there's a mom, there's a parent, there's anybody that hears your story. They could, they could have a, a even a, just a snippet of encouragement. I think that that, we would consider this interview to be a project well done. So I'm so glad to have you and have you give your testimony today. So let's get into it. Since we're talking about warrior razor women today and on the series that we're doing on this show, what's one thing that you would I kind of like to ask all the, the interviewees and my guests on the show, what's one thing that you wish you would have known before you became a mom? Um, I was thinking about this question. Um, and I, I think maybe the biggest thing, <laughs> and maybe it's just, it's, it's pretty broad, but the fact that life would never be the same again, oh, yeah. um, I don't think I ever anticipated how it, it changes every inch of your life. And, um, I think some of it is awesome. And then some of it very difficult, you know, to let go of what your life has been up until that point. Um, and you don't anticipate that you just feel like, and we'll just add a baby, you know, and <laughs> not realize how, um, how it just, it, it touches every single part of your life. And I think the good parts are that 
you know, kids, I, we st- I'll say to my husband, sometimes we'll step back and real realize how boring our life would be if we didn't have kids. Like, I don't even know, like, what do you do with all your time and what, you know, what, what do you do? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I really did like come up with a lot of creative things to do with my time before kids. But there's that sign yeah. of song, a baby changes everything because yeah. they really do. They change your perspective on everything. They really do. They do. And I think the the difficult parts are, you know, just just every part that's taken over from, you know, just wanting to take a bath, you know, and you got to make sure they're not creeping in on you. The bath. I mean, <laughs> Alice, but I mean, I never get in that. No. <laughs> what is that? Um, you know, and I think just having time to collect yourself and, um, I, I think like refresh your perspective. Like sometimes when you're just in it all day, every day, um, you can just kind of get a little lost. And so I think some of like learning how to find those times to recalibrate and, uh, um, you know, steal away some moments. It, it's definitely been something I've had to learn and, and I don't just learn it and I've learned it, you know, <laughs> like I have to learn it, get a grasp on something and then, you know, six months, a year later, relearn it in a new season. And, um, but I think that that is the, the most difficult part is it just is, it consumes every, every part. So you have two kiddos and ha- tell their, tell us their ages. And yeah, so Riley, she is 10. Um, and then Maddox is eight. So, so, I mean, you've been in motherhood for, for a good, good amount of time, a good season here. So would you have any I know that we could kind of pick off a never ending list of struggles and things that we kind of deal with, but is there kind of like an ear a hallmark moment, something that you can earmark in your journal where you're like, that was a struggle in terms of motherhood and that the Lord has just kind of graciously brought you through or is currently bringing you through. And, and I know we've, I've talked on the show with different moms that it can be a seasonal thing. And yeah, diapers and the young years, that, that is its own struggle. And then when you move to the school age years, you're dealing with your own struggles there. So it's never like, it, it, always, it just morphs and changes into different situations. And so how about for you? What would you say one of the hallmark struggles in terms of what the Lord has helped you in your mothering? Um, I think in my personality, I have like a very peaceful personality and I just want peace around me. I want everyone to get along. And I think in a lot of ways, how I functioned like that in my, you know, in my family of origin um, and realizing like, maybe I kind of wore that badge of honor in our family of like, okay, I keep the peace. I don't do much. I'm just, I'm just nice. And I think motherhood (laughs) has made me realize how selfish I am. And self-centered I am. Um, And that is a reoccurring struggle for me (laughs) of like, I am not as patient as I thought I was. And I um, am, I am selfish, like to my core. And so I feel like that is in different season, it manifests itself differently. Um, But it's also a good thing. Like it's spiritually, it's a good thing, you know, for God to bring those things to the surface. And um and, and help me to realize that just because you're keeping the peace doesn't mean like that that's actually healthy. 
<laughs> and so um, just learning how to process my own feelings, emotions, and my own selfishness. Um, that, that We're all inherently selfish. I mean, that's, that's the flat nature. That's our human nature. And I think sometimes we like as moms to pat ourselves on the back and think, oh, motherhood is so selfless. And we put the kids and everybody else before us. But even at our core, I think we could still, if we're really honest, admit that we still have those moments. And I know yeah. what I lose my mind the most with my kids is it's over control issues. Yeah. What's the root of that? Pride, you know, selfishness. Right. When things are out of control and chaos is all around me, that's when I'm like, I've had, I've had the hallmark moment of even one of my children telling me, mommy, stop roaring at like me, like a lion at me. <laughs> and I get that. Like, there's no peace sometimes and we have to be honest and own that and the lord can work with that i think he can work with that honest heart okay so how about telling the young jess the young mother jess what would you give her in terms of advice or counsel what would you yell back over the the halls of time and say do this or don't do this it'll be okay yeah i mean i i feel like the tagline of like, it goes fast is just kind of funny, maybe in my season, because I'm not that far along. But I think if I could look back in, in those moments of the early years of, you know, you just, you're physically exhausted and feel like that season's never going to end, um, that it does pass quickly. And that I think sometimes, you know, getting lost in that season a little bit of, um, you know, social media is great to keep in touch with people, but it's, it's terrible for your perception on life sometimes. And you can look at people in other seasons um, and, and it can seem like they are fulfilling so much purpose and, and they're doing amazing things. And, and then you feel a lot of times like that you're, you're not winning at much because it is hard. It's hard to <laughs> You're, you're raising little human beings. You're not raising little robots, you know? And I think like, that's also a tough part about, about motherhood is that you feel like if I do all the right things, then they will definitely, you know, follow, uh, they'll definitely do their part and listen, obey, you know, I'll train them correctly. And the reality is they're just humans, you know, and they're, they're just as human as we are. And so I think, um, just looking back, realizing that what you're doing and the love you're giving daily, that it matters. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're at home full time or maybe you're working and at home, whatever it may be. Um, don't look at someone else's race. Like be, be faithful, be present, be immersed in your race and start celebrating other people instead of comparing yourself. And that I feel like crushes the enemy's hold that he can get on your heart in those seasons is if you actively celebrate what other people are doing, um, it will change your heart. And so if I could look back and, and really talk to myself in the younger years, cause I don't have, you know, I don't have teen mom me to talk to, <laughs> but right now I would look back and say, celebrate other people's race and do not compare yourself. Like you're not going to answer for their life. You will answer for your life. And so live it fully, be fully present and, and don't compare yourself. So good. I just had a conversation with a, a mom who's got little ones and she was looking at another mom and that she's stepping into this new space and she's doing some amazing things. And she kind of had this twinge of initially she had a twinge of like, Oh man, 
wish that was me. I wish I was able to step into that, that, that lane right there right now. But then in a good look on her own life and a good perspective on her own life, she had a moment of clarity and she was like, you know what though? That's not, it's not my season and yeah. that's okay. But to your point to go, go another level and add another layer to that where you're like, and bravo for her and yeah. Lord, thank you for her season that she can step into that and to cheer that woman on in that, in that season that she's able to be in right now. And I think that that is a key ingredient to finding fulfillment where we are right now. I love yeah. that. And it's a choice. Like it's, and I think so many times we will look at people who maybe do that naturally, or we feel it's natural that they just celebrate others and stuff. But I think so many of us, like so many things that God tells us in his word are not like, emotionally feel this and then do it it's god's like do it <laughs> do it whether you feel it that's still obedience do it whether you know you're just saying it in obedience and then your heart will follow it will shape your heart and so don't do it don't don't wait for the feelings of celebrating someone just speak it over them and it'll start shaping your heart so you do that with yourself you're like i'm gonna say this even though i know i don't fully believe it yet i'm gonna just like speak it not that like, oh, you put the words out and it'll come to fruition, but there is power mm -hmm. in our words. And I think that you've hit the nail on the head there. Your feelings are fickle. And if you say it, then your heart will follow. So I think that that's yeah. such a good practical thing to actually do. Yeah. And I think there's something important about what I've been noticing in scripture throughout the Old Testament, New Testament is just all of the ways that God spoke things first and then they happened. He also like foreshadowed so many different things. Why was there a picture of Jesus in Abraham and Isaac's story? Why was there all these different pictures of one day this would come to be tangibly, you know, in Jesus and how many times in our lives we just sit back and let things happen when the words we speak and the heart that we have and the, the ways that we um, obediently act things out in our life, whether we feel it or not, it all matters. And I do think it truly foreshadows where your heart's going and foreshadows what God has for you. And so I, I've just been noticing that a lot in scripture of why would God put this all throughout the Old Testament? There must be purpose in it. Yeah. And we got to read it over and over again. And sometimes we read and we don't, we don't pick up on those little nuances, but, but the scripture is alive and it's active. And every time we go back and read a story that we might've read and even had a Sunday school lesson with a felt board. Yeah. Look at it through the lens of either, even as an adult or a mothering perspective, there is new truths that can be found. And to your point about him giving these, these words of stories of Jesus and, and the fulfillment of covenant and promise and prophecy from the beginning, it, we can see that within our own lives. And I think that that's a really good, I mean, wow, you're just dropping some nugget bombs here, sister. So that's awesome. So, and I know you've mentioned the fact that the kids are, your oldest is 10, but that's a decade. And a lot has changed in mothering over a decade of time. The world around us has changed. And so when you're thinking about mothering now in our generation, what are some things that you would say to your peers or people that are just coming behind you and beginning their mothering journey to kind of have an an arsenal or something that you could speak life or encouragement to this season, this generation of mothering, anything that you would want to let the moms listening know? Yeah. I mean, 
our kids do have so much coming at them. And I think the reality is that we also do at the same time. And sometimes that is hard where you're trying to get your bearings and also teach and lead your children as well. Um, But I think as um, scary as the world can feel, I also feel like it, it feels like such a wake up call that we are no longer raising our kids in just a, a, a comfy Christian environment or, um, you know, they, they no longer have the luxury to just not know what they believe. And so I think we as parents have to rise to the occasion and not shrink back in fear. And there are a lot of things that can help us um, prepare our kids, prepare ourselves, but we need to be leaning into those things. Um, there's a website and a book called Mama Bear Apologetics, and it's super helpful in just understanding the current state of our world, um, the things that our kids are learning that maybe we did not learn at that age or we were prepared for, um, you know, whether it was going into college or what, there are things coming at them that we didn't have. But I think it's an opportunity to truly instill truth into them. It, it makes them hungry. There, people are standing on sand all around them, and it really presents the opportunity to speak truth. And truth, truth is costly. And I think, um, I think, like your your whole theme in life is raising warriors. Is that we are we are raising warriors, and it, it's. It's in a time that they're going to need to know what they believe. And so we have that opportunity to learn with them. We don't have to learn. We don't have to know it all. And there are a lot of great resources, but leaning into it and not running away from it. That's so good. I think sometimes we get so fearful that we get paralyzed. This analysis paralysis. We're like, I don't know it all. I can't, I can't be a good teacher. I have to rely on other people to do the work for me because I don't, I didn't go to school for this or I didn't learn this way back when. But I think that we can learn, to your point, alongside our children. And we're going to offer a perspective that they need because God has given them to us and he's going to equip us to parent them with all the things that they need from us. So speaking of resources, you mentioned Mama Bear Apologetics. What are I, I love to hear what women who are deep wells that are just, just hungry for the word of God, they're hungry just to know the heart of the Father, I love to hear what they're doing, who they are allowing to influence them because there are a lot of voices out there and there's a lot of noise out there. And I think we can get just so overwhelmed and overburdened by trying to weed through the good and decipher right from almost right. I think Spurgeon said that. So who are you allowing to speak truth in life and knowledge into your life and who are you listening to reading? So give us some of your, your good um, tangible takeaways. Let's give this practical view of it. Um, I'm a huge fan, as you know, of almost all of Chip Ingram's stuff. <laughs> he has amazing <laughs> resources for parenting. Um, but I think uh, the, the greatest thing is really becoming strong in our walk, our um, understanding of who God is. Um, His book, The Real God, is life-changing. And it's not, the reason I like his stuff is it's not just a book. He bathes everything in scripture, which I think is the foundational thing we have to build our lives on. We cannot just go off of... um, great self-help books. Um, It's not life-changing. We need the truth of God. We need the word of God in our lives. And if we're not 
uh, leaning into that, then our hearts are going to be shaped by others' opinions. And God wants to reveal himself to you personally. So number one is God's word. Um, secondly, looking for authors who are very um, strongly rooted to the word of God. And so Chip Ingram's huge for me. I love him. Yeah. The book Sacred Parenting is really good. It really just, it calls you, it, call, it shows you the great calling of parenthood and what it truly is all about. Um, different podcasts. I used to listen to Birds on a Wire for a while. Her name's Karen Stubbs and just fun interviews with people and, and she really loves the Lord. Um, a couple other things that I have done with my kids is there's a series called Jonathan Park and it's like an adventure series. They listen to it in the car and it just helps them think critically about even creation and evolution and just kind of digging into that sort of thing. Um, Answers in Genesis is a great website. They have great um, content that helps you in teaching your kids a biblical worldview. I think um, good, the good thing about stuff like Jonathan Park, it'd be, it'd puts these Bible characters and I kind of almost cringe at the term characters because it's not just a story. These were real people that had real lives and they lived in a very tumultuous time, but to uh, make it come alive to our children so they can walk away. And as they grow, they, they can come away with the perspective like, Oh, that not just, it's, Oh, it's just a nice little Bible story with Bible characters, but it, it gives them real life application. So I think this is great. You and I were kind of giggling because you are perfectly perched in front of a library of books behind you and <laughs> intentionally, but you are always reading. You're, you're my friend that you're listening to something as you're doing the dishes or folding the laundry. So what does a typical day look like for you? Because I know that there's sometimes that moms are just like, I don't know. I don't have, I, I, like we've talked about, I don't know it all. So how do I even begin so can, can you give us like a setup of your, a day in the life of Jess? And it's not that we need to follow your exact recipe or moms need to follow your exact recipe, but maybe it'll give them a little inspiration or help them to know where to start. And like you said, he wants to reveal himself to us individually and uniquely. So maybe something that you have to offer will give somebody a, a jumping off point to make their own recipe for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think it started really in the earlier years of having babies and, and trying to carve out some time that no one else could touch. And this was probably not within like the first year. The first year is just tough. You're just trying to get by. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but I, I started just setting my alarm early, whether I wanted to get up or not, it was time that no one could touch. Once my kids were sleeping and, you know, they wouldn't get up till seven or eight or whenever, um, I would make myself, I'd drag myself out of bed to have time with the Lord. And, and I still do that. Um, and it's not like, sometimes I'm getting up earlier than others. You know, my kids are sleeping longer now. They're not as reliant on me in the morning. Um, but I do find that if, if I get up the same time they do my time with the Lord, it's, it doesn't happen. And so um, it's just getting that time, whether it's 30 minutes, whatever it is, 20 minutes, anything. And especially in the younger years, taking time, you know, God can speak to you in five minutes in his word. So if you carve out where you're reading, maybe a devotional, my, one of my favorite devotionals is the, um, 
think it's called Awaken. I have a yes, <laughs> Awaken by Priscilla Shire. It's there's so much meat in it. <laughs> um, you got it too. There it is. <laughs> it's just powerful. So if you find things that that have a lot of meat in them, not just fluffy stuff, um, and take a couple scriptures and really sit and meditate on them. God doesn't need you to read two or three chapters to speak to you. Just consistency really matters. And so digging into something, um, spending some time, just giving him your day. Um, that's how mine started and, or how my day usually starts. Um, especially in those younger years of just needing time away. Um, it's, it's a sacrifice some days. I don't want to drag myself out of bed, but I also don't want to be the person I am at the end of the day when I haven't had that time with God to really purify my heart, my motives, set my, set my mind right for the day. And I think when you say to the person that's just beginning spend time with God, it's like any relationship. So some days, I mean, maybe you're like me, you're, you're journaling one day or you're devotion, doing a reading one day. You're just sitting in prayer or having your time with the Lord in worship, but that's what the time part looks like is having that carved out, set aside space to have, but even sometimes when it feels like it's only one way conversation, yeah, honors that. So that, that's very helpful, I think, to walk away from something like what we're doing today and give, give moms and parents just some practical application. I'm all about that. I think I really struggled early on in mothering with like, okay, well, I'm watching sister over there and super Christian sister over there. And I, I just can't attain that right now. And going way back to what you said earlier, to know what season I'm in, watch her in her lane and know that it doesn't have to necessarily be for me right now, but I can do my part. I can do what he's, he's called me to do in the season that I'm in. So I think those are really good, helpful, practical tips that help moms and parents know how to walk out this calling that the Lord has given. So speaking of calling, I know sometimes it's easy for me. I'm just assuming because I'm not a pastor's wife, but I think people can look at a pastor's wife and think, oh, she's there. She's right alongside her husband and she's plowing through the ministry field with him. But your husband, Kyle's, Kyle's dreams aren't necessarily your dreams. They, they, Lord probably has brought them together so you guys work together and do that very well. But I know that you have your own dreams and your own uh, things that God has called you to. So it's easy for moms, I think, to put our lives and our, and our aspirations and the calling that God has given us sometimes on the back burner or think, okay, once they get a little older or more sustained then I'll pursue it. But I think God can call us to, and I know God can call us to walking out the, the things that he has equipped us to right now, where, wherever we are. And it'll look different as we yeah. grow in our parenting, but what are you doing right now to fulfill the dreams that God's placed on you? And in I, I think that, um, especially over the last few years that God has just continue to harp on me just being obedient with what he's put in my hands. Um, he's always opened doors that way for me. And when I feel stagnant, it's typically because there's something in my mind that I think that I should be doing or, you know, could do better, or that's what it looks like to really be walking in your call calling. And God for me has always been just be faithful 
and fully give your heart to what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then there's something about that with him and me where he just opens the next door. I've told you a million times and you, and you're like, you're a dreamer. Like, I, I don't think I am. (laughs) I, I could not define to you like what my specific next goal, like there's things that God is stirring in my heart, like discipleship in the body of Christ and people truly coming alive and knowing who he is and knowing how to read his word. And there's things I'm reading right now. That's just over and over. Like people have got to get in the word of God. And I do believe like that's his direction for me. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that next step is necessarily. Um, but I think it's just being fully faithful with what he's put in your hands. And then he continues to open the next door. And I'm not saying it's not hard work and it doesn't require getting out of your comfort zone because there are points where it's like, okay, this is your step. It's uncomfortable and you're going to feel awkward and incapable of doing this. But if he's calling you to it, he's going to equip you. And maybe not just specifically you, like back in the fall when we, uh, last year, God was telling me all year long to take a step and start writing some different stuff for our church, some devotionals. And so I took a step and with my friend Kaylee and we wrote them for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I joke because you came in that time and got a copy probably of, of one of the weeks and you were probably like, wow, she needs help. (laughs) But for me, it was like, that was my step of obedience. It didn't matter how like, uh, I don't know. back at the childish writing or something (laughs) cool like they're doing they're doing some good stuff here i mean yeah we're always learning i'm not some amazing writer by any means but i think that yeah it was neat to have to see god work through you and then you kind of pulled me alongside and we then our the next project that we did was um we wrote for advent we wrote the advent series for the church and i was that was amazing yeah just to see that's a beautiful part is it's typically not like and god will give you specifically everything that you need like he will give you what you need but also he will bring who you need as well like he wants us to do it with other people to walk this out and to minister and to give and it's not about us but it is beautiful when you take steps and you know god brought you (laughs) and God brought Heather and and all these different people that came into this project. And I just stand back amazed at what God did because I, I know that I didn't do it. And I'm so grateful to him when he's like, take a step and then watch what I'll do with your obedience. And it, it did, it was, it wasn't easy. It was hard work, but he showed up and did something amazing. And I, it makes me anticipate, all right, what's next? <laughs> I think that that's that's a really good point because when you watch the faithfulness of the father through those seasons and the journey that he brings us through and then the next time we're faced with something we're like oh yeah lord you've done it before and you're not necessarily going to do it the new, the same way in the in the future i mean he kind of says that he's gonna see that i forget the former things from before i'm gonna do a new yeah. thing so but to remember and have have in our mind his faithfulness from before because his word is true. He is a faithful father and he's not going to not fulfill something that he's called us to. You and I had a conversation with a a mutual friend during a Bible study time the other day. And I loved how you gave this visual image of 
sometimes when he calls us to something, is we're not just going to have to sit there and wait for it to happen. It, it, the doors opening maybe look like you and I or whoever jiggling a door handle. And I love that imagery that you gave. And it was just really neat to kind of put my mind my mind's eye around a, a, an act of like, okay, sometimes it takes us, is this door really open, Lord? And it yeah. takes us doing our part to see, okay, well, is this the next step that you have for me? Yeah. No, I love that. It's something Kyle, my husband has always said, like, it's okay. Jiggle that door handle. See yeah. if it opens. Some credit if it says, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feel it. It could be yours too. <laughs> Okay, so as we appear today, uh, I always like to ask my uh, guests on the podcast, what is one thing, since you are a warrior raiser, what's one thing or a few things, if you can think of, that you want your children to remember you? What is the legacy that Jess Hammond wants to leave behind for the next generation? Big question. I could uh, sum it up in a song. Um, uh, that Carrie Job song, The Cause of Christ, is really, I feel like, my heart's desire. Like, I don't need them to remember that I took big, huge, brave steps to just do great things in the world. Like, I want them to know that everything I did was to point people to Christ, was to point them to Christ. I want them to know that I'm not perfect and that they shouldn't. Um, their eyes shouldn't be so set on me following Christ that if I were to do something crazy, they would fall apart. Like their eyes have to be on Christ. And I want them to know that I don't want to make much of myself. I want to make much of him. And so if that is my, my, my heart's desire, I, I heard that story a while back of um, a girl named Katie. She wrote the book, Kisses, I think Kisses, Katie, forget it. Anyway, she went to um, Africa, I believe, as like an 18 year old, and her heart was connected. And then she ended up adopting children and all that. And it just made me think through would I release my children to go do something like that? Not that it would be in my power to release them, but I think my heart's cry is if they are following the Lord, whether that puts them in danger, whether that puts them in a place that I'm not comfortable with, like the cry of my heart is that my children would follow Jesus. And um, I think as far as my, my legacy, I just want them to see him, not me. I want them to see him. So That's so hard. Cause I'm like, I'm praying out. No, you're all going to be in the neighborhood, living in the house next door. It's like, I'm going to have a little Johnson compound. So I can, yeah. you know, but no, to know that if we're really raising them up in the things of the Lord, then to know that he, they're on loan to us and he's going to call them to their own destiny, their own, and not necessarily some cute, they have to arrive at some big thing, but he's going to bring them through on their own journeys. And as moms, we have to let them fly and let them, let them walk that out for their own, own self. So that's really good. I love that. I'll put um the link to that in the, in the comments for the YouTube video of Carrie Job's song and all your other great resources. Okay. And then finally, what does raising warriors look like or mean to you? I mean, I think I touched on it just a little bit earlier and I'm sorry for bringing that up then, but um, 
is that we are raising warriors. We don't live in a world that we can just raise good, happy kids. Like that is not the goal of, or that's not the only goal of Christianity. I'm not, I, full joy is living in the purposes of God. That's the only place you find full joy. Um, but that doesn't mean that every moment is happy. It doesn't mean that every moment is easy. And I think us teaching our kids these lessons of um, working, working hard for the kingdom of God, sacrificing, but knowing that we have to equip them because they are going out into a world that requires them to be more than just happy helpful human beings like we have the hope of the world and um and they need to understand that and they need to know that and so just finding ways to take time out of your the busyness of life to really teach them is um that's challenging life is is super busy and i think more times than not when i i feel like i've just blown it that day, that week, that season. As a as a parent, it's more about I'm not equipping my kids with the things that they need. We're just busy in the tidal wave of crazy life, and I'm not truly equipping them for um, how to live out this walk and how to even understand how to read the word and all of that. And so I think I'm constantly challenged with what am I filling my kids' lives with? And um, I think we just have to really evaluate that especially because they are warriors they're 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 going out into a world that desperately needs them to know the lord and understand their faith and and it's going to be a journey for them it's not like you just educate somebody obviously the holy spirit has to get a hold of their hearts and so that's the the biggest prayer i have is take every experience that they have good bad ugly things they fall on their face <laughs> you know that I mean that sometimes those are the best moments because they can really experience the father's heart in the midst of that and so not being afraid of them making mistakes and blowing it and right. embarrassing you you know in the end they need all of these experiences so that they can experience the heart of the father and that the holy spirit can get a hold of their lives and that's what that's what matters our kids and as parents and i did i meant to bring this up earlier in the interview but just to bring it to a personal level the those that have been listening to the show know about the birth of my nephew and his own issue with his birth defect his heart defect and you said something just now about yes in christianity is living to the fullness of joy but there is struggle there are hardships and i think if you well, I know that if you don't have a relationship with God, when you go through those deep, dark valleys where you're like feeling like hope in the world is all lost, but yeah. because you have a foundation and a faith in Jesus Christ, that'll get you through those valleys. And yeah. just to brag on you a little bit, you were able to reach out to my brother and sister-in-law in that moment because the God of all comfort who brought you through something very similar with Riley and I'm not going to steal your story because I want you to share about that because that's, those are life altering moments where you're like, okay, God, are you who you say you are? And is this just something that I say I believe, or do I really, am I able to walk out this faith? So will you just really quickly share about Riley and the yeah. situation and that, and, and how had that has shaped your mothering too? Cause I think that's so key. Yeah. She was, um, she was born full term. Um, we had no idea that anything, uh, was wrong. And 
So we went into the hospital and, um, when she was born, there was meconium in the water. And so they went to suction her and she just responded bad and she did not uh, take her first breath for seven minutes. So that sent her to the NICU um, and they just put her on oxygen and, and all of her stats were coming up, but then they did, uh, they listened to her heart and they heard a murmur. Mm -hmm. And so they investigated that a little further um, and then came up to our room. And I remember the doctor standing there waiting to talk to us and the um, lactation consultant was in just, you know, giving advice and talking to you. And you could just tell he's standing in the doorway with some news that he doesn't really, he's not excited to share. Lady. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm not listening to her. I'm looking at him like, what's happening? So he came over and, and then told us that she has a heart defect called Tetralogy of Fallot and, and then went on to explain it a little bit. And my husband's amazing at asking questions and, and all that. I, I do not ask a lot of questions. And so he's asking questions. Just birth a child, so you're not really... I felt like in that moment, I was almost just the thoughts of like, okay, this is not anything what I thought it was going to be. Like you almost fast forward their life, you know, and you're like, this is just changing everything. And so she, um, they, they had moved her over to children's and, and she, um, she got discharged from cardiology within a day or so, but because she had had that slow start, um, they had to just slowly take her her feedings and increase them so that her, her stomach could handle it. And so we got released and then she ended up having open heart surgery at five weeks and God was just so, so good. So faithful. So many people coming around you, you feel the prayers of people like never before in moments like that. Um, and so I think it's looking for those, those things that you can tangibly feel, um, prayers and the spiritual side of things in those moments. And, um, she, she was released and she's doing well. She doesn't have any restrictions or anything, but I I do feel like the older that she gets, the more that even when I was talking about that thing that kisses from Katie, like, what if my, what if she wants to do something like that? And she, she does have to think about, you know, like long-term thoughts of her heart and all that. And just trusting, trusting God into her hands. Like I, she is she's one of the most determined little things I've ever met and I know that God's going to use that and so just you just have to continually trust him and um and we don't have all the answers and the older that she gets the more she realizes what's going on and and that sort of thing and and that's that's tough you know to walk her through that but it's also an opportunity of like trusting the Lord. Like none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And I think that's the reality is that we don't live in the world that God intended. (laughs) This is, we live in brokenness. We live in pain. We live in, in physical brokenness, spiritual brokenness, mental brokenness. And God's promises are to help us and to walk with us in it all. And his promise is one day He will bring new heaven and new earth and everything will be as it's supposed to be. And that those feelings and those desires inside of us are God given that one day we will live in that, but now we're living in the in-between. And so sometimes it's easy to get distracted when there's 
tragedy or things are not going the way that you think that they should go in life. And instead of just leaning into God, we just, we can get frustrated and angry and not that those aren't valid feelings. Um, but if we don't come back to him and allow him to walk us through those things, then we can build up some things in our hearts and our minds and it can really derail us. Um, but God's promise you always have to come back to is it, he, he makes a lot of promises for walking with us in this brokenness. But our main, um, our main goal, our main destination is one day it will all be made right. And everything that we walk through that brings eternal value, we're going to see. You know, Paul says he was convinced that these momentary trials yeah. that the momentary suffering can't compare to the glory that will be revealed. And so that's our hope. Not that everything on this side of eternity is going to be made right. And God does miracles and he does amazing things in the midst of it. And those are good gifts. But if we bank on this life being what he promises in the next, then we will end up disillusioned and, and confused and and, and frustrated. And so just keeping your eyes on him and looking for the ways that he's showing up in the midst of, of all of it is truly the greatest thing you can do in suffering and in, in stories that do not play out how you were thinking they would play out. So, well, and that's just, that's a perfect summary to our time today. I think we are raising warriors and we know that there is a hope in the future but we have to do our part in the in-between time and we have to do our part to fill and renew our minds with the things of the Lord. And then to impart that same knowledge in tangible ways for our children so that they can then turn and we are training them up and they can walk in his ways too. And then to hold them with an open hand. So thank you so much, Jess, for your time and your testimony and your stories. And just you are just a, a deep well of, of biblical knowledge, yes, but you have experiential knowledge and you know the heart of the Father because you have experienced him personally. And there is hope in that. So for any mama that's watching, you're like, man, I, I want that peace. I want that joy, even in suffering and to hear your story with Riley and to know that that was the first baby that you had and to watch her continuously go this, go on this journey and to have this, just a peace, that shalom peace that we can experience in the midst of suffering and hardship. And you're like, you know, I want that for myself. God will give it to you. You just have to ask. And so thank you for your time today and to all of our fellow warrior raisers. Aim your arrows well. Wow.